All right, welcome to another episode of Burritos, Breaks, and Flies, and here's my co-host. Taylor Brown. Yep, so both of us are going to be talking about the East Walker River petition, so we're looking to better the fishery to reverse the regulation that was put forth. So we'll be talking about the petition, how to access and sign the petition, how to share the petition, where to find it, and all that good stuff, so this is a good one to listen to. Uh, Plus we talk a little bit about tots, breakfast tots. And our great sponsors. And our great sponsors, which include Mystic Fly Rods, Monic Fly Lines, Myoderm. If you get a boo-boo, an ouchie, a sprain, an ouch, CBD product from Myoderm's awesome. Adams Built Fishing, uh, of course, Battleborn Beer. And for this segment, of course, all of our friends down in Bridgeport area, especially Ken's Sporting Goods, uh, Growler's Barbecue, and a special thanks to Centennial Ranch awesome guys down there so stay tuned and get ready to learn a little bit about the east walker river petition and what you can do to improve the fishery and welcome to another episode of Burritos, Breaks, and Flies. All right. And I'm joined by... Taylor Brown. How are you guys doing? There he is. All right. Awesome. And we're coming to you live, or in your case, recorded, from our bunker deep in the hillside of the eastern Sierras. On the leeward side. That means the wind goes over our head, usually. Most of the time. Most of the time. Unless you're a pyramid. Yeah. Right, unless you're at Pyramid. So, and if you ask why we're broadcasting from our bunker, it's that we've recently received various threats from Tinkara and Euro Nympher fishermen. So, unverified. Unverified. I think it could be a joke, but anyway, we have to protect our broadcasting <laughs> location. You know, protect it from the Z's. We'll call them the Z's, you know, like oh. the zombies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just kidding. Um, so anyway, we're coming to you with quite an important topic. So uh, we're going to be talking about the East Walker River and particularly the regulation that the California Department of Fish and Wildlife set out last season in regards to removing the prior regulation um, and imposing a new regulation uh, that doubled the limit, introduced barb hooks, and basically threatened the fishery. I mean, it's always been a, a spectacular brown trout fishery. You know, great rainbows. You know, there's other fish in there too. But Great suckers, great Sacramento perch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But, I mean, primarily when you think of the East Walker, you know, you're thinking brown trout. You know, for oh, the yeah. most part. Like, it's almost disappointing to catch a rainbow. Even though there's beautiful rainbows in there. Um, the brown is the targeted species. And they've they've survived there for a very long time. I mean, we've talked to veteran anglers that have fished there 40, 50 plus years. Um, and they're very upset about this regulation as well. Because it's always, regardless of the amount of traffic on the river, it's always held its own um, with the regulation that it had on the California side. Um 
And on the Nevada side, it's always held its own because on the Cal- on the Nevada side, you have a zero limit, um, single artificial barbless hook, you know, open all year catch and release, right? So what we're going to do, we're going to start off with the current petition and the, the current petition uh, set out to help protect the East Walker River uh, was put forth uh, by Mr. Uh, Jim Reed down in Bridgeport. Uh, he's our good friend at Ken Sporting Goods. Um, and he's a big proponent and advocate for all the fisheries down there. But in particular, there's a special place in his heart and everyone's heart for the East Walker River. And we don't want to see it change. We don't want to see it degrade. We want to maintain the current quality and or improve the quality of the fishery. So with that being said, um, let me read you the petition if you haven't read it. And the petition currently can be found at change.org. If you go to change.org, you go to the search engine and just type in East Walker River. And when you do that, the first thing that will come up will be the title. And the title is Make the East Walker River Open All Year Single Barbless Catch and Release. And you'll see currently, as of this podcast, we have a total of 837 signatures, which is terrific. There's a lot of people out there that, yeah, no, that's great. You know, with the circulation we had, I mean, two weeks ago, when this petition kicked off, we were a little over 200. So it's increased exponentially, but I think there's a lot more room, you know, for more signatures. Um, so that's why we're trying to help get the word out. So what I'll do, uh, let me read this uh, petition as written by by Mr. Reed, um, and it'll give you a, a good idea of what direction we're all trying to head in. So here you go. So the recent regulation changes on the California section of the East Walker River have doubled the limit from one fish over 18 inches to two fish over 18 inches, as well as removed the barbless hook requirement and closed it to all fishing when the area's regular fishing season season is closed, meaning that it's no longer legal to fish in the winter. It is still artificial flies or lures only as it was before. But if I can interject, that means you could rip massive, you know, double treble hook Rapalas with barbs and i mean you know you could throw you could throw treble hook balls out there and and anyway these regulation chains were apparently done for the betterment of the fishery and that's per you know whoever made the decision at at california department of fish and wildlife and here we go I, i believe as do many other anglers who fish the east walker that these regulation changes in particular the removal of the barbless hook requirement will ultimately have an adverse effect on the quality of the fishery This being said, I would like to gain as much support as possible for adjusting these regulations in a direction that will more likely help sustain this world-class fishery, which it is. I propose that the California Department of Fish and Wildlife make the East Walker River artificial flies or lures with single barbless hooks only, catch and release, open all year. That's basically, that's mimicking or mirroring the Nevada regulation, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I believe these changes will promote a sustainable, world-class, year-round fishery for everyone to enjoy. And if you feel the same about the East Walker River regulations as I do, please sign the petition and the information will get to the uh, CDFW for their review. Um, so there it is in a nutshell, right? So with with the East Walker River being what it is, uh, you know, it, it, had a, it had a winter fishery oh, and, and, and a active spring and summer fishery that's when majority of the people come Mm -hmm. um but you know mimicking the nevada side nevada's had great success 
with it opening all year. And just because it's open all year doesn't mean you're going to get tons of traffic. I don't know how many of you have been to Bridgeport in the middle of December or January or February. It is not a warm place. It is extremely freaking cold, especially in the Walker River Canyon. You get all that cold air settling in there. Not a lot of sunlight either. Not a lot of sunlight, right? Because you have limited daylight. Because as it is, even the summer, sections of that river, you know, if you have sunrise at 530, that river is probably not getting light till much later. You know, direct sunlight, you know, until 7 o'clock, 730, 8 o'clock. Some sections, not till 10. Mm -hmm. Depending on the bend and the angle of the river in comparison to the sun, you know. Right. You know, so you take that and factor in the winter. I mean, some places get, get minimal minimal sunlight exposure right so it narrows down your fishing hours however so with this regulation i could tell you from experience and and taylor could tell you from experience you know we both fished it numerous times this past season and this is the second season kind of sort of heading into this well you know second calendar year basically heading into with this regulation right Mm -hmm. where the winter was closed so they imposed it you know, it was active last summer, closed for the winter, now it's open again. And, you know, so we're in the second season with this regulation in place. And there's a noticeable difference. 100% difference. Um, neither of us have ever had a hard time really, say, catching fish there. We've always gotten decent numbers, uh, regardless of what side we fish. But particularly, you know, Nevada side, we have, you know... We end up chasing a lot of stalkers yeah. at the elbow. Yeah. Nevada's always fun on the elbow. On the elbow, <laughs> you know. But then you move up towards Wasachi and stuff like that. And, you know, you get a lot of, uh, you get the cutthroat action. You get a lot of nice wild brown action. Um, you could always get into some fish. And then as you move towards the California side, you know, the ever popular Miracle Mile side. Um, and then further down, um, that's where you get a majority of your traffic. And But you can always count on finding fish somewhere at some point in the day and having a decent number, you know, on average, I mean, you you could walk away with a handful of catches, you know, five, six, you know, with an equal number of losses or misses or takes, whatever you have it, you have an exciting day, but I've personally had quite a few days where I was lucky to walk away with one or two. Oh yeah. No, it's, you know, I noticed particularly this year, it's been, very there's been a lot more work you had to put into it to get a result right you know um you know i always considered the walker as kind of one of those booger on a hook rivers (laughs) you know like you throw something on you you're usually getting something no matter what but um you know this year in particular for me I have noticed you you definitely got to think a lot more about what you're putting on and switch your combos a lot more just to even get a hit or two sometimes. Right, right. And the fish take amount, it doubling, you know, for most people that probably doesn't sound like a lot, but if you've been to the East Walker, it's a small river. It's not very wide. Um, for the most part, it's not very deep. Saying it, Not saying it doesn't have deep holes, which it, it, it does, and that's where the big fish survive and thrive. But for the most part, it's 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 easily accessible. It, you know, you can hit a lot, a lot of pieces of water. I mean, you, you can get into fish. Um, going from that one fish limit to two, man, I, I tell you what, you can tell. I don't know how many times I have to reiterate it. And it's kind of, it's pretty serious at this point where, 
he can tell I'm kind of upset by it. It's 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 just nuts. You get you get into into sections that normally are well populated, you know. And with that one fish limit, traditionally you had people coming in knowing that it's a one fish limit. You know, you're barbless, so it attracted a certain type of fisherman. And not to detract from other type of fishing styles, you know, but now it opens it up to a whole different new sector of fishermen that are coming in and they're ripping faces off and they're taking these fish home versus, you know, ripping into the fish and going, oh, cool, that was great. Oh, man, that's a trophy. You know, I'm going to throw it back. You know, maybe that's breeding size or I just want to throw it back, you know. Yeah. And you see people, you know, walking out or, you know, they have this story. Oh, I caught this, you know, big brown. Oh, cool. You know, where'd you let it go? All right, put it in my cooler and threw it on the barbecue. And you're like, ah, okay, well, you know what? You did purchase a, a California state fishing license and that's your right. You followed the regulations and, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. But in the case of the, the fishery, can the fishery sustain that? You know, I'm not a biologist. I'm just a fly fisherman. I mean, that's it. Yeah. I love to catch fish. I mean, that's it. You know, but I can tell by fishing the river, I'm like, dude, there's something going on here. Where are these fish at? You know? Well, and right, you know, in, you have, you have like, you know, twin lakes right above that. You got a lot of, you know, you can fish it however you want, basically. Yep. Waters around there. And they're very heavily stocked by BFEF as well as California Fish and Wildlife. Right. You know, um, it's just good to have a couple of nice, easy-to-access spots that do have some good regulations to kind of to keep it sustainable. Um, you know, when I first fished the walker, I remember doing research on it and finding it was, you know, one of the few hardcore holdouts of wild fish, you know, in California. Yeah, you know, there's not too many rivers in California that hold wild fish. You know, the Truckee being one of them as well. But um, you know, if you fish the Walker compared to the Truckee, you you know, you figure it out real quick that the the Walker, at least you know, five years ago, it was a powerhouse of wild fish. Like there was wild fish on every bend, every seam. You know, it 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 was a real good river that just really help those fish out it's a fascinating river the food supply there if you want to compare it to the Truckee river blows the Truckee river out of the water oh yeah and period fish per mile with blows out of the water what i'd say on average an eighth of the water going down it yeah if you averaged out right right i (laughs) mean so your food sources so for example uh you can you can check your notes against the Truckee, and i'm not i'm not favoring one or the other i'm just telling you the quality of the fishery and why the fish grow so big there and so fast, and they fight so hard. You got 20 different bait fish that live in there. 20 different ones. Your most popular ones, I mean, you got a lot of baby carp, you got tui chubs, you got shiners, you got Sacramento perch, uh, Lahontan suckers, just to name a few. Um, other natural stuff, you got all every bug you can think of. And I mean, when it comes to like stoneflies and stuff like that, we've seen some of the biggest stoneflies we've ever seen at, anywhere coming off, coming off the walker. I mean, there's yeah. big ones coming off the trucky, and there's just as big, sometimes bigger ones coming off the walker. They're nuts. I mean, they're, they're. I think I think the biggest one I ever saw was on the walker, and I believe it was a size. It almost looked like a size six. It was huge. It was almost as long as my index finger. <laughs> yeah, no, they're pigs, and then you know scuds. There's a scud population in there, and the scud population does reside in Bridgeport Reservoir. Which, if you didn't know, East Walker is a tailwater of Bridgeport Reservoir, so it's getting scuds off there. But scuds make uh, they make a home. In a lot of sections of that river. And they make a food source all Huge year round. All year round. 
Um, and then you have everything. I mean, every everything you could think of is in there. You know, so there's a lot for them to eat. It's a nutrient-rich river. There's no shortage of, of something to eat, regardless of where you're at on that river. Um, but however, you know, its disadvantages are it's it's lower flow, and that's related to its size. We can't compare flow rates on this river to, like, say, a Truckee or a bigger river because it doesn't have the width, it doesn't have the depth, and, you know, the water source is different, you know. So, you know, a, a 150 to 200 CFS day on, on, on the walker is brilliant, yeah. you know, and that, that's, that's, you know, that would equate to something much bigger, you know, than, like, on the Truckee. But you can fish this thing down, you know, to 70 and still have great days, you know, oh yeah. Um, you know, but with that being said, you know, you got to watch the temperatures and stuff. And here comes a sensitive subject, right? The temperatures, right? That's where everyone gets their 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 undies in a bunch, right? Um, so what you have on on the Walker, which is unique, is like you have a constant flow. And what people need to know about the Walker is that that flow is always happening, right? There's no no flow in winter. That's why it makes such a great winter fishery. Is because there's always flow. It may be low, but they have to flow that river. Look, the fishing environment there is a byproduct of what the river is actually used for. The river's mainstay, for the most part, is agriculture, right? It's part of the old Walker River Irrigation District. Um, and with with that being said, it, it, it has to flow at a certain rate per agreements and whatnot all year. So that dam doesn't stop letting out in the winter. So what's the cool advantage there is that you never have ice forming. And, and to the point where, you know, you're, you're clogging up the river and killing fish. There's always flow. You know, you'll get ice on the shoreline, but you always have flow. So the fish are like, oh my gosh, I got flow, right? So they can hide out. They can do their thing. They still have their food sources, right? And traditionally, that's a big time. Like when you start finding, you can pick off some big browns, right? Yeah, not nosing for midges and stuff in the winter. Nosing for midges, eating big stuff. I mean, they love going for streamers. They love going for hotheads. I mean, anything they can get their grubby little faces on, they'll go for, you know. But we've lost that. Like last winter, we didn't have that, you know. So you look at the flip side. It's like, oh, I can't fish in the winter. Oh, it must be. It's going to be stupendous. And in the summer, it wasn't. It just got hit so hard in the spring and whatnot. It just... You know, I mean, there there was some good days and whatnot, but I tell you what, it's just it's just a drastic difference, you know. And so with those people walking away, like you know, we, we know of certain holes in certain locations with our experience of where we could always go and catch fish and be like, hey, boom, I can go spot A, B, or C, and I'll leave them unnamed for. <laughs> you got to discover the river on yourself, <laughs> yeah, for yourself. But you know, but you know, we go to our particular places. Hey, I know I can grab a fish here, you know, or I'm gonna get something here, or I'm gonna see something, or. Something will happen either for me or for Taylor or whoever else is out there fishing. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. And we're finding fish in different places because you can tell they're getting they're getting crushed, crowded, um, spooked, you know. So we're finding them in different sections of the river that we normally wouldn't fish. Um, but, you know, I mean, hell, I pulled a six-pound rainbow out of the skinniest water. I mean, I, I had, like, no expectations on fishing this one flat. And I'm just like, all of a sudden... My little indicator down. That's right. Yes, an indicator went oh. down. Boom, you know. And I'm like, what the hell? I mean, it felt like a. I felt like I snagged a rock, well, and then I it think, started to move. I think it was fish. our yeah. I think it was our first trip this year. You and I took together. Yeah. You know, when I was like, <laughs> dude, there's nothing in any yeah. of the deep holes or nothing. And that's a problem when the prodigy can't levitate fish out of normally where you think they'd be hiding. That probably means they're not there. 
<laughs> Maybe. Well, <laughs> and that's when we started finding yeah. them, you know, in the not traditional spots for that time of year from when yeah. we fished it, you know? Yeah, we, I mean, we were finding them in really skinny, fast, shallow water. And you're like, well, why are they hiding out here? And it made sense because people aren't fishing it, you know? Um, and on top of that, I mean, it's a good oxygen source. I mean, we were fishing in the low 60 degrees at that point. It was like high 50s, low 60s, yeah, like it was 60... 162, 63? I think it was closer to like 58, 59. Was it? Yeah. Okay. I think I so, took the temp that day. It so, was. yeah, with that being said, though, you know, the yeah. high 50s, you're like, dude, that's crazy. They're in that kind of water, but okay. Yeah. Oh, whatever. We'll take it, you know. Usually you see them, you know, when you start hitting, you know, that yellow mark, you know. Yeah, like 63, 64 right. is typically when they're kind of moving into that Oxygen real shallow, water. fast mm-hmm. stuff, you know, to keep the... Right, and they'll traditionally change their holding spots on that river and the locations, and traditionally they'll go to locations that are hard to get to, that people just you just can't get into. That's I mean, it's just they're unless you want to walk up river and some treacherous crap, or through some blackberry bushes or whatnot. Oh, uh, you know, Russian Fine. olives, yeah, and whatever, wild rose and all that crap that's just stacked. Yeah. Just like there's no like you got to chainsaw your way through. Um, anyway, so you know, with with that being said, um. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty unique river. You know, it has its challenges. You know, it's got a lot more viability and fishability than most rivers. I mean, you have, in our opinion, you have extended temperature ranges there. I know everyone's freaked out. Like, you know, when you hit certain temperatures, um, and, and we'll, we, we won't dive on this too hard, <laughs> but yeah. you, you can hit different temperature realms there than you could in some rivers just because of the immense amount of flow and oxygen locations on that river. Because um, the most important thing on the river, there's flow. There's there's constantly flow. It doesn't really cease flow, you know. And if you use your use your head, you use your noggin, you're like, well, you know, dude, I'm at 66, 67, you know. But where are my flows at, you know? And if you are catching fish, you can check the viability of that fish. It comes in hot and heavy. I mean, you fish heavy, you get them in quick and get them in, you know, get them out. Um, but you'll be able to tell, you know, and you know what time what time it is at quick. And you know, for the most part, everyone cuts it off out there around 68 you know you know in midday if you're hitting 70 just walk away it's done you know yeah that's it well and you know there's factors such as you know springs you know weather you know what's going on with the weather at the time what time of day it is that temperature right right if it's if it's 65 and it's four o'clock in the afternoon five o'clock you're like oh it's probably gonna be on the cooler you know this is probably the peak temp you know well, yeah, and if you have like if you have steady temp increases where it's holding at high temperatures for a long time, or if you have like chronics where you know it's like short spikes, you know it's like fifty eight in the morning, and then it's like sixty nine, you know, in the middle of the day, then it dips again. You're like, well, they're not sitting in that temperature long enough to really. Not it's causing the fish discomfort, basically. Right. They're they're having to travel to different types of water just to survive, right. you know. And I mean, it gets crazy when you get into it, but. Right. I think the best example, you kind of have to look at the Truckee, right? Because, you know, you can go on your phone and type in Truckee River temperature and find the USGS, you know, temperature gauge down there in Sparks. That's the only one on the Truckee. And what I think I looked at it yesterday and it was peaking off at like 72. Right. You know, where you're like, yeah, the Truckee's toast, right? But, you know, does that mean the whole Truckee's toast? far from right right um you know i remember i fished it a couple months ago the truckee i saw it was peaking out at 66 and i was like okay well that's in sparks i'm gonna go take a temp you know up river a ways undisclosed location 
Right. Um, you know, not too far. I was still in Reno. And I took the temperature, and it was 60. And I took the temperature two hours later. Let's say I, I went out at about 8 a.m., took the temperature two hours later, still at 60. By noon, it went to 61. You know, so I checked the gauge when I left down in Sparks. It was all the way at 67. All right. When I took the temp, and it was 61. Yeah. That's where I was, you know, and that was only a couple miles. So the moral of the story is basically, I mean, you just got... You, Bring your temp gauge with you, yeah, <laughs> and check yeah. Where, check where you're fishing, and check the consistency, and check stretches and stuff. But you know, just you know, use your common sense too. I mean, if it's if you're at the East Walker and it's coming out the dam at 70 degrees, just yeah. have lunch on the beach or something. Or yeah, enjoy go, the watch or or go or go to some other location that we'll leave undisclosed because there's some other fishing locations <laughs> that we really love and we don't want to spoil them. But if you look at a map, you'll find them. Yeah, and there's plenty of them. Or you know, just cut the hook off your hopper and. And just watch them eat it and rip it out of their mouth. <laughs> right, right, right. That causes no stress. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's that's what we got to say about it. We just wanted to spread the word about the petition, let you know that it's out there. Um, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of you listening probably share our, our passion for the East Walker River. Um, if you do and you haven't signed the petition, please get on there and, and sign it. Again, that's change.org just go to the search engine and type in East Walker River. You could go to our website. You could go to bearfishalliance.com. You don't have to do anything. You just type in bearfishalliance.com and give it a second or two, and this thing will pop up, and it's called a pop-up, and it'll have a picture of a brown trout, and then it'll have a little thing that says click here and something, you know, East Walker River petition sign here. It'll bring you right to it, and then just follow the instructions. And then please share it with other fellow anglers. And even if you're out of the fishing area, maybe you fished East Walker before, maybe you just heard of it. Maybe you're on the East Coast. Maybe you're in Canada. Maybe you're in New Zealand. All these regulations play the same. If we can make a change and affect a change here in California, and we could get that regulation set for the California side so it's symbiotic with what's happening on the Nevada side, wow, what a wonderful fishery it will be. And everyone can enjoy it. You know, fish however you want, as long as you got a single barbless artificial lure out there. Knock yourself out and bring it down to no fish. You know, and let's let's get that population back up, um, and 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 make it fun. So, heck, even if you're in Finland, sign it for fun. You know, I mean, the more support you know we can get, and this river is everybody's river. So, and Nico, can I make one more point real quick? Oh, dude, you can make two. Okay, you you know, not just keep. It I mean, one. I find. I find our area, this eastern Sierra, is extremely unique in its winter fly fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when it comes to wild fish and winter fly fishing. Okay. Because most areas that I've been around, you know, up in Oregon, things like that, when you have wild fish, you know, the fly fishing sucks in the wintertime. Sure. Stuff's iced over, stuff's inaccessible, there's too much snow, something. Correct. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, of course, you know, respecting reds, things like that, Respect, you know, respecting the fish in general, their breeding seasons, depending on the species. But we have a really unique opportunity in our Reno, Tahoe-ish, you know, Eastern Sierra area mm-hmm. to be able to fish for wild fish in the wintertime. Yeah, I mean, you all know. along the 395 corridor, I mean, you got the Upper Owens, you got Hot Creek, you got East Walker. Um, there's a number of them. Yeah. And there are a lot of creeks that flow uh, that are... That are 
uh, yeah, they don't freeze over, and the fish are still active, and it's still, I mean, it's still cold as hell. You and know? they're still eating good, but, too. But they're flowing, you know, yeah. and, the, and there's a natural occurrence behind them that keeps them flowing. You know, whether it's a spring, um, you know, or it's like with Bridgeport, you know, they keep constant flows, you know, coming into the East Walker. Um, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And don't, don't, you know, don't let those fish's gills ice over by holding them in the net long enough for it to freeze. I've never been wanting to fish in that temperature, but I've heard that's an issue for some people. <laughs> that, that, that would be a particular issue. Like, let's say, um, it is a valid concern. I know someone did bring that up in, in, uh, uh, one of the forms that we posted and they, they mentioned gill freeze and, you know, that's a, actually a valid point. Yeah. However, probably not on the East Walker. It's not cold enough. It's, it, you know, if, if. If if we're getting to the point of gill freeze, you're probably miserable. <laughs> yeah, well, you're some type of strange, broken human being to want to be fishing in that. Yeah. Unless you're like ice fishing in a hut, you know. If we're talking about you know like you know South Fork or Wild Horse yeah. or some other like ice fishing location where you can hut up and you know, and of course yeah, their gills freeze and bring them on the ice and they're they're done ski for the most part unless you get them right back in. We don't need to worry about that, right? And we have flow. We have we have a good temperature. We have the environment that that they still thrive in, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, yeah, it's that's one of the things, and I think that's what a lot of people have the perception if they're like, well, you don't need a winter fishery, and it's like, well, you know, you may come from an area like me. Well, if you're from Montana, you're from Idaho, you're from Wyoming, valid point because your stuff freezes over. Ours doesn't here, yeah. you know. Luckily, strangely enough, you know, but like I said, it's still cold as you know what, but. <laughs> gill freeze isn't going to happen yeah. um, and these other things aren't going to happen you know you still have to practice safe handling techniques of course you know because of the and still get them in the water and yeah as quickly as possible right, right. get your picture get them back in if that's what you want to do but, right exactly you know exactly same and, methods apply right you know and going along with this i mean we have a lot of friends and supporters in the bridgeport area and uh, you know, they are open in the winter, you know, their businesses, I mean, they do thrive in the summer, but, uh, people live there year round, you know, and our friends, like it, like it can sporting goods, you know, we're, we're big supporters of them and they, you know, they support us and, uh, we believe in, you know, their missions, you know, BFEF, you know, Ray down there, he does a great job. I mean, if it wasn't for Ray, Bridgeport area would suck for fishing yeah. because he provides so many cool fish, you know, and he's looking to enhance that program, the BFEF program does supply a lot of you know a farm size three to five pound rainbows that are tagged and he's got a great program you know where you can win money and there's banquets and dinners and events and it's got this whole thing behind it stocked in bridgeport they're stocked in the bridgeport reservoir twin lakes uh robinson creek and, and others you know but he's also looking you know in, in in respect to like the east walker um and its sister river um which i'll leave unnamed and um if you can figure it out, East Walker, and there's a mm, it's Walker. Really hard. It's really hard. <laughs> but, you know, looking at BTEP, which is a brown trout enhancement program, you know, and supplying, um, you know, catchable and some subcatchable size browns to go, uh, you know, fill the gaps in some of these more fly fishing uh, friendly rivers, you know. So we ask you to support those guys, Ken Sporting Goods, BFEF, um, and the enhancement and the growth of BTEP. BTEP. Um, in town, we always vouch for Growler's Barbecue. Go see Will over there. Avid fly fisherman, guide for a long time, and you just ate there. I eat there like oh, frequently, yeah. but you. No, it was delicious. Isn't it great? Great potato salad, great tri-tip. Right, right. And here's a little tip: he has loaded tots there. He's got a couple different varieties, but he had a great idea that he relayed to me, and we relay it to you because we have to cover the food portion on here. No matter how serious the podcast is, go see Will. So if you're going to spend a day or two, or like two days, or maybe three days in that area, go see Will and pick up some of these loaded tots. Because what you can do is 
buy lunch, dude, buy a tri-tip plate, buy a rib plate, buy, um, you know, like, uh, what's his other one? Half, did I say chicken? Yeah, the whole, yeah, 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 yeah half chicken. The half chickens, the, the, the pulled pork. Uh, anyway, get the loaded tots, take them, put them in the cooler, and then you can make a, a burrito the next day with them because it has all the perfect ingredients. A loaded for... tot burrito would be amazing. Yep. He yep. should do those too. He should. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, um, and then all of our other friends in town, you know, so you support the town. You know, a winter fishery will help keep that town going just a little bit more. You know, a couple, you know, bits more traffic. It goes a long way with those guys, you know, so we do our best to support them and vice versa. So, Again, more information on this. If you're in town, stop by Ken's. Talk to Jim. Talk to Ray. Um, talk to anybody in the shop about it. Talk to anybody in town about it and see how it affects them. It's a real-life thing. I mean, this regulation is further than just, just you know, pulling more fish out of the river and CDFW not caring and putting barbed hooks and all that type of stuff, you know, so. Yeah, that town, it's a it's a sort a life source, you know. The, it is. The fishing up there, you know. It is, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lifeblood, you know, so. Again, all right, well, that's change.org. Look up the East Walker River and sign that petition. We're at 800-plus. We'd love to get that above 1,000 and, and keep it growing from there, so please share that with everybody. And also, you can probably find a link on there if you go to Ken Sporting Goods. Type them in the Google search engine, uh, Ken Sporting Goods in Bridgeport. He's got a link to it, or go to bearfishalliance.com, and we have a link to it on our on our homepage, and it'll direct you right to that uh, petition as well. So that's what we'll leave you with. Get it signed. Support the fishery. And uh, got anything to add, Taylor? We're all fishermen. We love you, Hero Nymphers and Tenkara. We yeah. just like to poke fun at you. Right. Yeah. And I don't care what kind of fisherman you are, man. Get out there and sign this. I mean, we, oh, we, yeah. all, go, we all go out there and love to catch fish. So let's, let's keep this fishery alive. So, all right. There you have it. Sign the petition. And until next time, tight lines. It's the end of time And the Mississippi River She's a gold drive The interest is up And the stock market's down And you're only getting mugged If you go downtown I live back in the woods, you see A woman and the kids And the dogs and me Got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive And a country boy can survive Country folks can survive I can plow a field all day long I can catch catfish from dusk till dawn Make our own whiskey and our own smoke too Ain't too many things these old boys can't do We grow good old tomatoes and homemade wine And country boy can survive Country folks can survive Because you can't starve us out and you can't make us run Those women more boys raised on shotguns
from the West Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the Western skies. And we can skin a buck, we can run a trot line, and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. I had a good friend in New York City. He never called me by my name, just Hillbilly. My grandpa taught me how to live off the land, and his taught him to be a businessman. He used to send me pictures of the Broadway nights, and I'd send him some homemade wine. But he was killed by a man with a switchblade knife For forty-three dollars my friend lost his life I'd love to spit some beach nut in that dude's eyes And shoot him with my old forty-five Cause the country boy can survive Country folks can survive California and South Alabama and little towns all around this land. We can skin a buck and run a trot line and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive.